If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, because I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that was said to you, that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. But all these things they will do to you on account of my name, because they do not know him who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not have been guilty of sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates me hates my father also. If I had not done among them the works that no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have seen and hated both me and my father. But the word that is written in in their law must be fulfilled. They hated me without a cause. But when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the father, the spirit of truth, who proceeds from the father, he will bear witness about me. And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. I have said all these things to you to keep you from falling away. They will put you out of the synagogues. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he's offering service to God. And they will do these things because they have not known the Father nor me. But I have said these things to you that when their hour comes, you may remember that I told them to you. Thank you, Mary. If you can keep your passage um, open there, that, that will be great. Um, should um, be a, a picture coming up on the screen there, the Gadget Show. I don't know if you remember the Gadget Show, Channel 5. Um, the premise is quite simple, really. It's in the title. It was a show about gadgets. Um, and the idea was they were promoting these, these, these little things, or sometimes these big things, that were meant to make life a little bit easier for us. And let's be honest, we like to make life a little bit easier, don't we? Um, I'm going to show my age, but do you remember the, 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 the time when you used to have to get off the sofa to change the TV channel, you know? But we've made life easier for us. We've got remote controls now, you know? Or, or, or growing up on those hot summer days, air conditioning buttons didn't work anymore, so you had to wind the window down by hand, you know? And I hope there was going to be some fresh air coming in. But I don't live in the 19th century all the time. So we, we, these little ideas, these little things that have sought to make life easier, they're still coming, aren't they? We've got emojis instead of words that can make text messages shorter or chat GTP that can even write sermons for you. Um, but I assure you that doesn't hear um, at Christchurch Bromley, you know? We love making life just a little bit easier though, don't we? Everyday items that just make life a little bit more bearable. But sadly, friends, I think that way of thinking, life a little bit easier, has affected how we seek to live our life for the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to make that as easy and as simple as possible. We want to avoid at every point opposition and hatred for following Christ. In one sense, we come up with spiritual gadgets to make life easier. So for some of you, tomorrow morning, you'll be chatting with your mates at school and the question will be, what do you do over the weekend? And you're going to stand there and think, do you know what, I'm not going to tell them anything about it. I was in a church on Sunday morning. I will get absolutely ridiculed for that. 
It's not just the youngers here though, is it? You know, the workplace where the peer pressure, you leave Jesus at the door, you know. You can have your faith, that's fine, but don't bring it in here. If you bring it in here, it'll be all hell to pay. Friends, I think we forget how fortunate we are here in the West that we can gather together on a Sunday morning to worship God, to hear him speak. There are brothers and sisters across the world, even this morning, that are really counting the cost for following the Lord Jesus. We've got, we've got wonderful friends at Hope Church Vauxhall that, um, from, from Eritrea. They, they, they fled Eritrea because of persecution, because of hatred for living for the Lord Jesus Christ. They left family members in prison because their family members were following the Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, I think if we're honest with ourselves, we can be tempted, and I can be tempted, to be lazy for following Christ. Lazy for counting the cost of following Jesus. But the verses that we've just had read paint a very, very different picture, don't they? There's, there's no mistake in the theme in these verses. There is a cost to following Jesus. The hatred that Christ experienced will be the same hatred that we can and that we should expect for following him. Now, okay, Before we dig into these verses, cast your mind back seven days. You were looking at the start of um, chapter 15 of this, um, yeah, this wonderful passage in, 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 in section in John's Gospel. And there's the theme of love. It comes up nine times in eight verses. The love that we as God's children have received from Christ and then the love that we show to one another. But contrast that with the verses that we've just had read. The predominant word that comes up time and time again is hate. Hate, hate, hate. You think, Jesus, if you are looking for a smooth PR campaign to gather a group of followers to encourage your disciples, you've missed the mark here, have you? You've missed the mark. But friends, remember, although these words are hard to hear, the, the, the cost for following Jesus is a hard road. But what is Jesus doing here? He is preparing his disciples for life without him. He is preparing his disciples that he's about to go to the cross, as he is about to lie in a tomb. Yes, he's going to rise again three days later, but he's also preparing them for when he returns to heaven. And he wants to make it crystal clear. If you're going to follow me, then it's going to be involved in picking up your cross daily. If you're going to follow me, you can expect hatred. We were talking before the sermon is that, yeah, the, this is the, the, the visiting speaker slot, do you know what I mean? And sometimes I think it's easier, though, for someone like me to come in. I, like, I know some of you better than I know others, you know? And you might be thinking, God, this, this guy, is, he's not very cheery, is he? Do you know what I mean? Hate, 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 you know? But it's the passage that we've got in front of us. And Jesus is kind in warning us, friends. Jesus is showing his kindness as he is preparing his disciples. Because he doesn't want them caught off guard. They're going to find it hard when Jesus leaves. They're going to be emotional wrecks. But Jesus is preparing them. And he shares some honest truths in these verses. But as we'll also see as well, he shares some wonderful encouragements as well. 
So he starts off by telling his disciples, they're hating you, or they hated me. Look down there at verse 18 with me. If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you are of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Jesus, right from the off, it explains that the reason why his disciples will be hated. They will be hated by the world. They will be hated by their families. They will be hated by their communities. They will be hated by the religious establishment of the day. But they were hated because the Lord Jesus Christ has chosen them out of the world. You'll be hated for following the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no sugar coating this, friends. I can't make this sad any better than it does, you know? But it comes with the territory of following the Lord Jesus. Jesus says, if you want easy life, go with the status quo. Go with the world's. Go with the flow and the world will say, yeah, we love you. You're great fun. But Jesus says quite clearly, if you follow me, you can expect hatred from the world. Look there at verse 21. But all these things they will do on account of my name. The world would treat his disciples 2,000 years ago and every disciple this way on account of following the Lord Jesus Christ. For living a life in obedience to Christ, that's why they will be persecuted. And there's real honesty, is there not, in Jesus' words here? There's real honesty. But I think one of the real, real struggles when it comes to counting the cost, when it comes to being hated for following the Lord Jesus... Sometimes it can just feel such a lonely experience. Such a lonely experience. Maybe you're the only Christian in your class at school. And just seeking to live for him day after day after day. It's just hard. It's just lonely. No one else really understands what it's like. Or you're the only Christian in the office. Or you're the only Christian in your family. You think this is just a lonely experience. No one actually understands what it's like. I had a nickname growing up at school. It was Jesus. I was guilty by association. I, I, I wasn't a believer. I wasn't a Christian. But just because my dad was a vicar, that was, that, that was the nickname that I got. Friends, you may be silenced for your faith. You may be lose friends. Family no longer speak to you. But friends, we can be tempted, even in those lonely times, to think, is it really worth it? And I don't think if we're honest, I don't think any of us really can truly understand what it's like for each and every one of us, the particular nuances of what it looks like for us to count the cost for following Jesus. But wonderfully, Jesus can. Jesus can. Because that's the real point that Christ is making here in his verses. Verse 18 again. If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. Jesus knows. Jesus understands what it's like to be hated. Verse 20. Remember, the word, the, the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master's. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you. Verse 23. Whoever hates me hates my father also. 
Verse 25, they hated me without cause. Friends, we have a saviour who knows what it is like, who knows what it is like for each of you individually when it comes to counting the cost and being hated by the world. He has experienced it. Jesus knew more than anyone of what it was like to suffer for being obedient to his father. It was, in one sense, one of the models, one of the pictures of the Lord Jesus Christ's life. It, it started right from the very beginning, did it not? He's born and King Herod wants him dead. That meant fleeing to another country. His family thought that he was out of his mind. The Pharisees were constantly trying and testing him to the point that they collaborated with their arch enemies, the Herodians, to see how can we kill this man? He was betrayed by Judas. He was deserted by his friends in his final hours. He was denied by Peter. Friends, the Lord Jesus Christ knows exactly what it is like for you to be hated. I'm not entirely sure how how long you've been in John's Gospel, but right at the beginning of John's Gospel, John chapter 1, verse 11, he came to his own and his own people did not receive him. The Lord Jesus Christ knows what it is like. He is in his kindness, he's preparing his disciples. Look at verse 2 of chapter 16. They will put you out of the synagogues. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think they are offering a service to God. Jesus is warning his disciples that following me may mean your own death. But again, that is something that the Lord Jesus Christ would suffer himself in just a few hours' time. The hatred of the world towards Christ would lead him to the cross. The religious leaders thought, we are doing a good thing by getting rid of this man. They thought that they they were truly offering a service to God by getting rid of this heretic. The clearest demonstration of hatred in the world. But verse 25, they did this without cause. But they did this to fulfil what was written as well. But friends, remember this. Hatred from the world did not leave Jesus, or did not lead, sorry, Jesus to the cross. What really led Jesus to the cross, you would have looked at last week. Look at chapter 15, verse 13. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lays down his life for his friends. Hatred towards the Lord Jesus Christ led him to the cross. But love was the ultimate thing that led him to the cross. Love for you, his children. Love for his disciples. Love for his followers. Friends, Christ is the perfect example of obedience to the Father. But obedience to the Father that meant hatred from the world. Friends, as you seek to lead obedient lives... In living for Christ, then we should expect exactly the same. Verse 20. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. Jesus says, I know what it is like to be hated by the world. My followers shouldn't expect any different. 
Friends, the Lord Jesus Christ was hated by the world so that we could be brought back into a relationship with him. Jesus was hated by the world. He suffered in your place and in my place. Jesus paid that ultimate price. But so often, we want to avoid the cost of following Jesus. Friends, you and I, I'm sure, can think of areas in our lives where we have been tempted to make life easy when it comes for following Christ. But Jesus in these verses is really, really clear. He is really honest. He says, the world will hate you. But remember, it's hated me too. It hated me before you. But wonderfully as well, friends, the Lord Jesus Christ then doesn't just say, okay, grin and bear it. He doesn't just say grin and bear it. Yes, he says, they're hating you. Remember, it hated me. But then he provides some wonderful help for us as we are hated by the world. And we're going to see three particular things. Number one, remember what Jesus is doing. He is preparing his disciples for when he leaves. He speaks with honesty and he speaks with clarity. But why does he do it? Look at chapter 16, verse 1 there. I have said all these things to you to keep you from falling away. He is preparing them. He, he, he is saying, he is speaking with clarity. He is speaking with honesty. He is saying to the disciples, you are going to count the cost for following me, but I'm telling you now so that when it comes, you will be expecting it and that you won't fall away from following Christ. As that specific suffering in verse 2 comes towards the disciples, as they are kicked out of the synagogues, you read Acts of the Apostles, you know, they are, they are beaten, they are imprisoned, they are mocked for following the Lord Jesus Christ. The majority of the Lord Jesus Christ's disciples paid the ultimate price, they died for their faith. But the Lord Jesus Christ reminded them that this is coming, you should expect it so that they wouldn't fall away. So they weren't caught off guard. Verse 4 of chapter 16 says the same things. But I have said these things to you, that when the hour comes, you may remember that I told them to you. Jesus says you shouldn't be surprised when suffering comes. Jesus, in his kindness, is warning us in advance. As we read these verses, as you go into your workplaces tomorrow or into school, into your family situations, even after church this morning... He's warning you and saying, it's going to be hard. But he is warning you so that you do not fall away. So that we are not surprised by him. I wonder if this um, sort of example helps. New telephone contract. Okay? And you're on the internet and you're buying a new telephone. And, it, and you're about to click buy and there's this little box. And it says, tick to accept the terms and conditions. I like a bit of audience participation, okay? Hands up, has anyone actually read the terms and conditions before they tick the box? We've got one, we've got one gentleman over here, you know? Fair, fair play, fair play, you know? But the majority of us, do we, not, we just tick the box, you know? I don't know what the terms and conditions say. I don't know what I'm signing up for. I'm just going to tick the box, you know? Jesus Christ here is saying, 
quite upfront. This is not caught in the small print of terms and conditions of following the Lord Jesus Christ. He is writing this to keep us going. To keep us going. Don't be surprised by it, friends. In his kindness, the Lord Jesus Christ is making it abundantly clear what following him will really look like. I think where this comes to start starts having implications for us. I think it has implications for us as we share the gospel. We love to talk about your sins can be forgiven, do we not? We love to talk about you can be welcomed into a relationship with the Lord Jesus. We love to share the eternal hope that faith in the Lord Jesus Christ brings. But how many of us leave this really important aspect of counting the cost of following the Lord Jesus Christ out of our evangelism? Matt mentioned earlier on that we first met when we used to do um, Breeden and then Oswestry camps, you know. And throughout that week, we would be introducing um, yeah, children to the Lord Jesus Christ. Wonderful opportunities for, for, for them to put their confidence and their trust in the Lord Jesus. But before we did that throughout the week, there was a, there was a point where there was, there was an evening where, where the children could make a, a, a response to following the Lord Jesus. But before that evening, there was a, there, there, there was a message on the cost for following Christ. I think sometimes we like to sort of, in our evangelism, we like to paper over this bit because this doesn't sound very popular, does it? Who's going to sign up for something like this? But friends, the Lord Jesus Christ has written this in advance so that his disciples wouldn't fall away and that we won't fall away either. It's a clear picture. Being hated by the world for following the Lord Jesus Christ. But we should expect it. The Lord Jesus Christ was preparing his disciples so that we will keep going. That we will keep going. That's the first um, yeah, bit of help that the Lord Jesus Christ gives. The second part. Look at verse 18 again with me. Verse 18 says, If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you are of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Friends, suffering for the gospel is not easy. No one enjoys it, do they? But it is a wonderful comfort. It's a wonderful comfort because it, is, it means it's an assurance that you are one of God's children. See, verse 19 says, the world will love you if you behave like the world. The world will love you if you go along with the status quo. The world will love you if you are not one of Christ's. But the Lord Jesus Christ says, I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. It's a wonderful assurance. If you this morning are knowing that tomorrow that you are going in and you are going in one sense to the lion's den and you are facing opposition, you are being hated for following Christ and standing up for him, friends, remember that is a wonderful assurance. It is a mark that you are one of his children. And friends, let me assure you, it will not last forever. It will not last forever. 
And if you are facing hardship, if you are facing struggle for following Christ, remember it is a wonderful assurance because God has chosen you. He has chosen you to be one of his children. He has called you out of this world. What a wonderful assurance that even suffering brings. And finally, verse 26. But when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. This final encouragement that these weary disciples would have needed is that he is sending a helper. He is sending the Holy Spirit. He's talked about all this already in John chapter 14 and John chapter 15 and he'll continue to talk about it in John chapter 16. He says, I'm sending you a helper. Jesus will go on to teach more of his disciples exactly what the, the Holy Spirit's um, help will be for them later on. But the reason that Jesus Christ was hated by the world, he was hated most friends when he spoke. When he spoke. When he said things like, I am the Son of God. When he said that he had authority alone to forgive sins. The religious leaders wanted him dead. Why did they want him dead? <laughs> Because he wouldn't speak anymore. They thought if we can just silence Jesus, then job done. They were rubbing their hands on that first Good Friday. He's never going to speak again, is he? But Jesus knew that he was about to die. But he knew that he was going to rise again. He knew that he was going to return to the Father. But the Lord Jesus Christ was sending the Holy Spirit, who was sent from the Father and from the Son. And why? When the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. The work of the Holy Spirit continues, friends. The work of the Holy Spirit to call people to repentance and faith. The work of the Holy Spirit is to bear witness to the Lord Jesus Christ to soften people's hearts so that they may listen to the words of the risen Lord Jesus. The Holy Spirit will continue to speak of Christ. Jesus will not be silenced, friends. But in verse 27, and you will also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. The helper will come who will bear witness to the Lord Jesus Christ but wonderfully, the, the disciples will continue to call people to the Lord Jesus Christ. Something that each and every one of us have the wonderful privilege and responsibility to be doing as well. But why did the Lord Jesus Christ suffer? Because he spoke. He spoke words that brought life, yes, but he spoke words of judgment. He spoke words that pointed that he was the Christ. The Holy Spirit is our helper. The Holy Spirit is continuing to bear witness to the Lord Jesus Christ. And verse 27, although written to the disciples 2,000 years ago, is still a mandate for us. And you also will bear witness. Friends, the Holy Spirit wasn't just wonderfully helping the disciples, 
the Lord Jesus Christ has sent his helper to us, strengthening you and me in the wonderful joy of sharing Christ. But we will face opposition for that. We will face opposition for that. So as we draw to a close, I want you to ask yourself, where are you avoiding hatred? Where are you avoiding counting the cost for following the Lord Jesus? I want you to ask yourself the question, why are you avoiding counting the cost for following the Lord Jesus? The servant is not greater than his master, brothers and sisters. I want you to ask yourself the question, how have these verses particularly been challenging you this morning? What difference do Jesus' words make for you, one of his disciples this morning? Friends, what encouragement have Christ's words given you this morning as well? As you go into school, as you go into into the office, as you go to your families, remember we go out into a world that is in opposition to the Lord Jesus Christ and in turn in opposition to us, his disciples. Friends, rather than finding gadgets, as it were, to make our lives as easy as possible, remember that Christ is calling you and me to a path that he has walked before. The Lord Jesus Christ has counted the cost for you and for me. But remember, friends, the Lord Jesus Christ has warned us so that we will not fall. He has assured us that when we count the cost for following him, that is a mark of our salvation. He has strengthened us with the help of the Holy Spirit that will enable each and every one of us to bear witness to him. Friends, hatred from the world is never pleasant. But for a Christian, it is something that should not be avoided. It was normal life for our Saviour and it is normal life for us as his saints. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for his words that he shared with his disciples just hours before he was going to be crucified. These words that would challenge his disciples to count the cost for following him. Heavenly Father, for your words that have challenged us this morning, Forgive us, Heavenly Father, where we have avoided counting the cost for following Christ. Heavenly Father, for brothers and sisters here this morning that know what it is like to count the cost, we pray that they will remember what a wonderful mark of assurance that it is. Heavenly Father, we thank you that the Holy Spirit was sent as a helper to those first disciples and the Holy Spirit is still a helper sent to us so that we can bear witness to the Lord Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, help us to remember that a servant is not greater than his master. But also help us to remember, friends, that as we suffer now, we do not suffer without hope. This hatred will come to an end when you call us home. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.